Welcome to Active and Connected Families. It is day two of summer, and while I am so excited to be having these sweet little moments of connection with my kids, I am also working very hard to stay calm as I coerce all of my children into their new routines. Yes, you have to go to swim practice today. It's only day three. No, you can't watch TV until you've read and only one item from the snack bar a day. And all of my reminding them and setting up the expectations reminds me that even though I really relish not having routines, my kids knowing what is expected of them at most moments reduces the conflict in our household so much. So obviously on day two, I have had to take a break from my kids. I have walked into my closet to take some deep breaths. Truly, I walked out of my house into the cul-de-sac just because I was getting so much pushback about some pretty basic things, you all. And I'm reminding myself here out loud for myself and for you that it usually takes about 15 days for new habits to be established. So what that means is we have about 13 more days left until my kids understand all of their expectations. And honestly, I can't wait that long. So I'm assuming in my head that I have about five more days of kind of implementing the structure that I'm hoping for, setting the expectations, and these kinks will be so much better and I can finally breathe again. And on that note, you all, I have Waki Wynn back on the podcast today. We're going to talk about why and how we can let our kids pursue their own dreams. This is the second episode of a meandering, truly meandering conversation that I had with Waki, simply because he has so much insight and I just let him kind of take me wherever he wanted to take me on our long conversation on parenting. Even though I'm a child psychologist, he is truly the expert on parenting successful children in this room, parenting kids who will become successful. And I loved talking with him so much. So maybe he can call in and help me get some perspective on setting routines because I need it today. And I hope he is as helpful for you as he was for me. Thanks so much for listening, y'all. and Connected Families is a smart, relatable conversation with me, Dr. Amanda Sovic-Johnston, child psychologist, mother of three, and entrepreneur. I've spent my career providing family therapy and supporting high-achieving mothers, and maybe even more hours with my girlfriends trying to figure out how we can all feel more confident in our work and our relationships. And you all, there's one thing I've noticed. We're all struggling in some of the same places and we're all looking for some down-to-earth advice that we can actually use. So on Active and Connected Families, I'll share some of the insights I've learned, strategies for those daily fights about laundry, some expert perspective on the bigger issues like the mental health crisis, and me chatting with my therapist friends about how we can all feel a little more active and connected in our lives. Throughout, I hope to make you laugh at least once but I know I'll leave you with something that'll help you become a better parent and maybe even person. Thanks so much for listening. So tell me though, so, you know, my son who you coached in basketball, he's 12, but I know when he turns 16, 17, 18, these relationships that he is developing are going to be important to him based on what you're talking to me about. So how can I help him develop those relationships and take them forward from high school to beyond? You know, it, it's, it's interesting because all of the kids grow and they will grow in different directions. But 
you know, the beauty when we when when I was growing up, we didn't have all the social media to stay in, in touch and yeah. that type of thing. But but when it's used in its proper way, you know, that's what you can use it for. Hey, I would say to my son Kari, I'd be like, Hey man, you 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 talked to Jack lately? Jack was his is one of his closest friends who who play lacrosse at Penn. And I, and I'd be like, Hey, you talk to Jack. Hey, you talk to so-and-so like I would always encourage, you know, cause sometimes they can get caught up in their world, but I always knew the, the kids I wanted them to stay close to. And I would say, Hey, reach out to them. Hey, you going out? Who's, who you going out with? What are you doing? You know, and just having mm-hmm. those types of conversations always, and just being on top of who, who you going with, where they got, well, who they parents, where they stay, where they live, you know, I need mm-hmm. to know all of that. And it's not because I want to get in your business, so to speak. It's because I want to make sure that you're making good decisions. You know, and it's really that simple. And you want a relationship with your kids, right? So if you're not saying, hey, where are you going? Who are you hanging out with? How are you going to have a relationship? Right? And, and first of all, my kids already know. If you, you've grown up with me, you already know you're getting all these questions. So don't even <laughs> come in here. Don't even come in here without the answers. <laughs> Don't even come in here without the answers. You already know I'm going to be asking you all of these things. Don't even come in here without the without the answers. But I think a lot of times when you allow children the space to be themselves, um, that's what then builds the trust. Uh, I always had a, the same with, with, with my boys as they were growing up. Um, it's, it's I got plan B because as, when I coach sports, you would always hear someone say to the kids, you know, what do you want to be? Kids always say, I want to be an NBA player. I want to be a professional football player. And guess what? Over the years, I have watched one of the kids that my son played against and played with win an NBA mm-hmm. championship with the Milwaukee wow. Bucks. I watched uh, one of his teammates block for Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. I watched that. And so I realized, hey, you know what? I have your plan B because that's what adults always, the dream killing adults always tell them get a plan B. So I would always say, I got plan B. It's your job to come up with plan A. And whatever you say plan A is, that's what we will do. If you say, dad, I want to be a comedian. Great. Let's get you an agent. Let's go to New York, LA, whatever it is. I got plan B. You come up with plan A. It's your job to come up with plan A. So when my son was 14 years old, he said, dad, I got my plan A. I'm like, what is it? He said, I want to be a professional gamer. I'm like, man, go ahead. Uh-huh. <laughs> you full of it. But then I said, okay, you know what? You put me to the test. Let me do my research. <laughs> I did my research and I was like, whoa, this is amazing. And when I went to the first event and it was 10,000 people there and it was sold out and the line was around the building, I was like, yeah, we, we made the right decision. So when my son turned 18, he didn't, my youngest son, he didn't go to college. He became a professional Call of Duty player. And so he plays college. In fact, he just got back from Toronto uh, two days ago because he was in Toronto playing video games. I love that, though, because what you're saying is it doesn't – it's the same thing as the fingernails. It doesn't matter really what it is. It's the emotional relationship you're talking about, right, is you've got the plan A. Absolutely. I will support it, right? Absolutely. I will be here as your backup no matter what happens when if you fall. I will be here, but we're going to go all in if if – I always say, if you're going to do the work, right? Like if you're, I'm not doing the work for you. You're going to have to be out there playing the games, doing what you need to do, but I will support you if you're doing the work. 
And 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 not only does that support happen when they're 16, 17, 18, I actually have rules or rules that I made up um, for my sons in order to leave the house. Because if you say this is what your plan A is, we're going to make sure that we support you through that. So you might be 24, 25, 26. And, and I want you to still be at home. You know why? Because as a realtor for many years, I watched so many people um, get into the rat race of life mm-hmm. and, and, and struggle financially. So I had these rules that I kind of created for my sons in order for you to leave the house as an adult. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to have a 750 credit score. I want you to be completely debt free. And when you leave the house, whatever your plan A is, that has to buy your house. If you can leave this house at 26 or 27 years old and you have purchased a home, you are debt free and you have a 750 credit score, you have an amazing platform to launch your financial life and launch your life Mm -hmm. into whatever success you would like. And so because and and I don't want to send you out here into the world at 18, 19, 20 years old, 22 after you finish college and you got a $2,000 a month apartment and a $700 car payment. And now you're in the rat race of life. And you know what the, I call it the capitalist vultures will yes. do. They will put you in the hamster wheel and say, get the running. So let me That's ask you do. more about that, right? Because I hear you say that, right? And all, I believe you, by the way. I million percent mm-hmm. believe you, but it also makes me anxious as a parent. Like, well, what is my kid going to be missing if they don't leave and launch when they're 22? Or what opportunities will they not have? Are they missing their independence? Or, you know, you know my own anxious getting into my capitalist vulture brain. So how do you handle that? Hey, I, I expect you to pursue to be pursuing plan A. And when you are pursuing the very thing that you said you wanted to do, I don't have to tell you, hey, go spend some time doing that. You will spend all of your time doing that. That's true. You will you will be in complete control and because you love what you're doing, yeah. you're obsessed with what you're doing, and you will be diligent and dutiful in in all in in pursuit of that. Mm-hmm. So we've eliminated all that stuff you gotta teach. You gotta teach all that stuff. They're not doing what they want to do. But when they're doing what they want to do, all of that stuff is kind of built in and they and they discover it. And now they discover the discipline, the work ethic, the tenacity, all of those characteristics that we want them to learn. They have all of that when they're doing what they want to do. You're right. You don't have have to beat them over the head and, and hammer it home. You know, my oldest son wanted to be an entrepreneur. He was always researching business ideas and concepts and working on something nonstop. You know, he was always doing that. So it was it was just like perfect. I didn't have to worry about all of that other stuff. And when they're pursuing what they want to do, you know, you read the Malcolm Gladwell book about yep. the 10,000 yeah, hours. Yeah, that's what I was thinking so, about. Yes. And so guess what? I don't have to tell you to put some time in and work. You know, you putting it in naturally. You know, because that's what you want to do. But what if they don't want to do their school? Because school is hard, right? Like, what if they don't want to do their school? Well, the first message I always sent home is that, you know, you you have to do what you don't want to do so you can do what you want to do. Yes. You got to do, do, you know, every, I don't care who you are. I don't care what your profession is. You know, there are a lot of football players that don't like to lift weights, Mm -hmm. but they do. There are a lot of basketball players that want to play basketball that don't like the running and the conditioning, 
but they do. If there is something you want to do, <laughs> I remember uh, one day when my son, Car, who was being a professional gamer, uh, he he the game the new game had come out, and um and he, and and I saw him. I was like, Hey, what are you doing? What are you? Why are you not practicing? And he said to me, He said, Well, I don't like the new game, and the new game sucks, and all. That. I said, Hope oh, what? The the game sucks. I said, Let me tell you something. <laughs> I said, Listen, amateurs play when they want to. Professionals play when they're told to. Yes. That's your job. I don't care if you don't like the game. You go back to playing. Mm-hmm. All right. And you can go back to playing or you can go to college because we go to, we can go to plan B if you want to. Now, I don't think you want to go to plan B. So if you you go back upstairs and get the plan, you know, I only had to have that conversation one time, you know, because you know what? You know, you, you do what you you know, you do what you have to do so you can do what you want to do. And you might not like the game, but it's what you have to do this season until the next game comes out next year. What's the hardest thing that you have experienced as a parent? The hardest thing is uh, when you, (laughs) you know, one of the challenges is when you allow your children to pursue their dreams, you'd be amazed at how many people tell you it's a bad idea. I can hear it already. I'm like, you're telling him to go play Call of Duty? I love it. I love it. You'd be amazed at how many people, you know, because because once again, back to Gladwell's book, I said, if it requires that much time in order for mm-hmm. him to be that good, we have to allow him time to play, mm-hmm. you know, and so you got to play. Mm-hmm. And so it's so many people like you let that boy play that game. You let it, you know, but I, I can only imagine, you know, Tony Hawk's folks wasn't a big fan of skateboarding in 1970-something, but by the time 85 roll around, it's a different ball game. You know, it used to be a time when playing professional basketball and football was looked at as a joke in mm-hmm. the 30s and 40s. Like, what are you doing? That's a game. You don't play that. And now Steph Curry is getting $60 million to play this game. Mm-hmm. You know, so so – if you take the mentality of someone in 1940, they could not imagine a Steph Curry playing at a certain time, getting $60 million. So, you know, times change and and with with the advances in technology and esports growing, I mean, East, colleges are starting to offer esports scholarships. It's wild. Yeah. So it's, it's amazing. I mean, for this to be an esports conversation, but, but, but really it's about allowing young people to pursue what it is they want to pursue. And, you know, parents, please give them the space to do that. So that was hard. You got pushback. Yeah. And you were okay with that. I'm sure yeah, totally. it's hard though, right? Well, you know, one time my father-in-law, who was a World War II veteran, shout mm-hmm. out to William William Johnson, um, he told me when he went into the military, he was in Macon, Georgia in 1942, and he was, they were marching, they were learning how to march. Mm-hmm. And he said, as they were marching, one day the, the sergeant said, hold it, hold it, hold it, everybody stop. Nobody take another step. Don't take another step. He said, turned to him and said, William Johnson, he said, you're the only soldier that's out of step, but you're the only soldier that's got it right. If we could get everybody to march like you, we'll have us a good army. So sometimes you're out of step with everybody, but you're the only one that's got it right. 
Mm-hmm. And you got to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. And I, I would always tell my son, when we go to these events. I said, man, you know, you got to be successful because it's going to make me look real bad if you're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how I feel as a child psychologist. I'm like, oh gosh, please behave. <laughs> like wash your face and behave. Yeah, now, exactly. Tell me, what are you the most proud of as a parent? Oh, their character. Oh, their character. I love that. They're yeah, good, they're good. They're good people. You know, when my son, he, my oldest son, go through a breakup with his girlfriend or whatever. And when, you know, I remember when they came, when she first came to the house, I said, let me tell you something. If he ever mistreats you, you let me know. You know, mm-hmm. and my son is a great boyfriend. He is great. Um, and he is a great man. His character, their, their integrity, their character is on a high level. That doesn't mean they're perfect. No, they're not. You know, all young people have whatever they have with them. Mm -hmm. But our objective as a B2M crew, all we were trying to raise is good young men who can be positive attributes to this society and make Mm -hmm. a positive positive contribution to this world. That's all we're trying to that's all we're trying to do is raise good men that can make a difference and, and, and make a real positive impact in this world. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're doing. And so, you know, are they generous? Yes. Are they kind? Yes. Are they hardworking? You know, are they good to people and treat people decently? How do you treat the least of thee? You know, yes. um, how do you treat the guy when you pull up at the stop sign and he's there with his sign? Do you look at him with disdain or do you reach in your wallet and give him a dollar mm-hmm. or whatever you give him? You know, mm-hmm. how? and I, I always, as I walk through my own personal life, my sons can tell you in all of the years of ever being with me, I have never turned down someone who was on the street or anyone who asked me for money. Mm-hmm. Never. Oftentimes that's the only reason I'm carrying money mm-hmm. so I can give it. And so I've always just tried to be a demonstration and I tried to live my life as an example for them because I, what I have found is when parents lose their children, when they lose that connection, the reason they lost them is because their kids started to look at them as hypocrites. The kids no longer value what they were saying because they saw their demonstration oh. and how they were living. And mm-hmm. so if you want to lose your kid, let them start seeing you act as a hypocrite. That's one of the best ways to lose your kid is, is them all of a sudden see you and be like, all that stuff you was talking and you running around doing whatever you uh, no 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 mm-hmm. that's like that's how you lose your kid when mm-hmm. they start to see you as a hypocrite because they're not in a place where they they still see the world in black and white they don't see the grays of the world you know and so they're going to look at your behavior as a parent and they can be 10 years old but they're not going to forget anything they're not going to forget they're going to remember You're making me think because one of the things I always tell parents is like being kind and being generous is so much more important than what grade you get. But every day at the end of the day, we're saying to kids, oh, did you get a 97? Oh, did you get a 96? How is your math homework? How is this? And we're talking what gets airtime is what we think is valued, right? And so many kids think academics is the most important thing and your performance Mm -hmm. is the most important thing, right? So my son said to me this morning, 
you don't care how I do on that, on that class. You don't care about my grades. And I was like, what did you say? Like, yes, I care about your grades. Yes, that's important. But actually, I think I'm doing it okay, right? Like, I do care about being kind more than his grades. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. And one of the things I used to tell my kids, and they will tell you right now, um, I don't care what the grade is, but what I do want is your best effort, Mm -hmm. your best attitude. Cole will tell you the only Mm -hmm. thing I've ever asked for any player that plays for me is a great attitude and a great effort because those are the things you can control. Mm -hmm. That also applies in the classroom as well. And so if you give me that, I'm good with the outcome. The Mm -hmm. one thing I always told my son, I had a little saying that I always use, and it was the A students teach the B students to go work for the C students. So I'm not really concerned with what the grades are, okay? But what I am concerned with is your best effort and your attitude. See, I got a problem with your grades if you haven't done the reading. I got Mm -hmm. a problem with your grades if you haven't done the homework. I got a problem with your grades if you've not put in the time to study. If you've done all those things and you get a D, I'm cool with it, all right? Mm -hmm. Because I truly believe the A students teach the B students to go work for the C students. Mm -hmm. And we don't need to be worrying. Those numbers feel so important. 97, 98, that's what we think is important. It's not at the end. No, it's it's not at all because we know a whole lot of people with great academics and a whole lot of people with a great amount of money and they're terrible people to deal with. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're sad. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and that's not to say we don't want to get good grades and we don't want to have a lot of money. But what it is to say is we we want to do both and you can do both. And it's not mutually exclusive. But here's the thing, too, is I was going to say they're sad. And the next thought that came to my head was and lonely, sad and lonely. Right. And that's what you're not. You're not lonely. No, <laughs> no, no not you're not lonely. And that's very rare. If you look at statistics for, for men, for grown men right now, many men are lonely. And I think what we're saying too, is when you get caught up in that rat race, right? And the capitalism and the grades and the performance, we're leaving what's the most important behind. Absolutely. This life is all about relationships. It sure is. It is 100% all about relationships because at the end of the day, when you're on your deathbed, you will only talk about two things, the great relationships you had in life and the relationships in life you wish were better. That's all you will talk about and that's all you will want for. So, so, so as you move about in this world, make sure that you are very conscious of the relationships that you have with people. Um, one of the things that I yeah. say as, as a coach, um, one of the things I say, the, the scariest thing in the world as a coach is the, is the thought and the notion that one sentence from you can alter the course of a child's life. One sentence. Mm-hmm. One sentence can make a child believe, oh my gosh, I'm great. I can go on to great things. And at the same time, one sentence can destroy a child's confidence and, 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 and all of the ambition that they may have for something. And so the thing I say to coaches is be extremely mindful of parents and coaches. You know, how many parents tell kids, hey, you can't do that. You can't be a comedian. You're not as funny as Kevin Hart. Well, what? I got to be Kevin Hart funny to be a comedian? No. You know, I don't have to be Eddie Murphy funny or 
Jerry mm-hmm. Steinfeld funny to be a comedian. There's a whole lot of other comedians out there, you know, that's, that's making a good living. I told my son when he wanted to be a, become a professional gamer, I said, let me tell you something, son. Right now, if you told people you wanted to be a school teacher, they would say, oh, that's great. That's admirable. You're a school teacher. That's wonderful. All right. I said, so guess what? As a gamer, you don't need to make millions. You just need to make the same amount of money a school teacher oh, makes. I made. love it. Yep. And be happy doing teacher. it. Exactly. You'll be happy doing it, making school teacher salary, then you're successful. So mm-hmm. don't even don't even worry about, you know, all, all of that other stuff. You know, just focus on doing what you want to do. Okay, here's my last question. We'll have two more questions. But you know so much. You are clearly such a good parent. Where did you learn from? How did you learn all of this? <laughs> well, I always, well, you should ask my sons if I'm a good parent. I don't know what they'll say. <laughs> no, well, I think, they, I think they think, yeah, no, I think they, they I think they think uh, uh, that me and my wife have done a great job. I really do. Um, but um, from the people around me, the people that raised me, you know, and I tried to make sure I took all the good from grandma, all the good from mom, all the good from uncles, all the good from aunts and cousins. I took all the good from them. And then I tried to exclude the negative mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. then books, podcasts, TV shows, anything I could watch and consume on parenting and coaching. I, I tried to take it all in and try to put it all together and then and then deliver it up to to our sons and then that group of friends that we have we've all been doing this you know my my buddy Corey is you know in in the school system and he's taught for you know 30 years administration and master's degrees in English and all that stuff we've all pulled from our networks to mm-hmm. try to build a, a, a good group a, a good pile of information that we can uh help help us raise our sons with and, you know, the name of my practice is Active and Connected Family Therapy. And, and here's what I heard from you is you're a learner. And I always say we make mistakes, right? Everyone's going to make mistakes as long as we're actively learning how to do it better next time, right? So Absolutely. that's why we have active and then connected is doing it with people. And you didn't even mean to say that, but here we are yeah. <laughs> actively exactly. learning how to do it better with our community and our people. Exactly. And being humble enough to say, yeah. I don't know. I messed yeah. up. I tell you, know, it's just like with my oldest son, we were way more tough on him than we were on our youngest son. Well, uh-huh. God, man, you know, I wouldn't expect how in the world could I expect to be the same parent at 24 as I am at 34? I would hope I have grown some. So when you parent the other child, I say two, two kids can grow up in the same household, but they don't get the same parents. Mm-hmm. because parents grow. And just mm-hmm. as we, you know, we, we may not have financially been in a position to buy my oldest son a car, but by the time the younger son comes, hey, we, we, we better off. We can get you a car. And, and, and that happens in families, but then kids will create this narrative that you did more for them than you did for me. Yep. Well, we were different people then, you know what I mean? And so I think uh, young people have to understand it and parents have to understand that too, because, and not, beat themselves up for, it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and don't be afraid to apologize and say, I'm sorry. And I didn't know. And I shouldn't have done that as a parent. Um, you, we got to learn and we, and we have to be humble enough. I think it takes a lot of humility and a lot of discipline to discipline and be good parent. You have to be extremely humble yeah. 
And you have to be yep. extremely disciplined to be a good yep. parent. And that's what, you know, and that's what we all were trying to do. So this has been so beautiful and helpful. And I just feel how many people you have helped and how many people you are going to continue to help. Thank you. There was no truly no theme of this podcast, only me just hearing you and all of your wisdom. It was beautiful. How can people learn more from you and your friends? Hey, go to YouTube and check out the B2M crew podcast on YouTube. We're on uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, uh, B2M crew. Um, You can follow us there and, and listen to our podcast and check us out. Um, I think it's 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 a good good podcast, good friends. Everything that you see is genuine. Um, the only thing we have to make sure we do is clean up our language on the podcast, and so we're good. It. I can't wait to listen more. Truly. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so much. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, and I look forward to coming back one day. And we look forward to having you, you on the B Two M Crew podcast one day. You will. Thank right. you. If you found this podcast helpful, go ahead and subscribe and share. And more importantly, if you think you or someone you love would benefit from collaborative therapy, psychological assessment, or psychiatry services, you can find out more about our practice at Active and Connected Family Therapy, www.activeconnected.com. Again, that's www.activeconnected.com. Thanks so much for listening.